Happy 2023, Adelaide United family. Jared here for another episode of the Pitch Podcast. It has been um, an interesting start to the year, the back end of 2022 for our uh, Isuzu Ute A-League men and our Liberty A-League women. Probably didn't go the way that we planned. 2023 has started off well. The boys getting a 2-0 victory over Perth Glory and we are building up to our Liberty A-League women taking on Canberra United at Service FM Stadium on Sunday. So um, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, we do it in two parts. We get to know one of the faces and players of Adelaide United, and then we do a match preview. So let's get to know someone who is making an appearance back at the club for her third time, and that is, oh, I'm so excited to say, a Matilda as well in Jenna McCormick. Welcome home. Thank you. Good to be here. It's great to have you here. Now, this is an audio kind of uh, medium at the moment. So just to explain to everybody, uh, I'm wearing my Adelaide United bucket hat. You're wearing Crocs. Talk us through the Crocs (laughs) and how comfortable they are, please. Mate, my life changed after Crocs. So just for everyone who obviously can't see what I'm wearing, I've got – it's actually called the Hiker Clog Model. Um, uh, It's got a bit of a platform. I can take these obviously fall driving. You can see these are for fall drive. These are not for just walking down the pavement. These are for – Every kind of surface you meet. Um, and I'm wearing a bit of a tan coloured. I have some gibbets, which is. What's a gibbet? <laughs> They're not like the badge things the you badges, put in there. Okay. Yeah, I have a cute little turtle, um, a rainbow, a cup of coffee, and this is just a rainbow. Do you one. buy them separately, those parts, the gibbets? Yes, they're separate. Oh. They're just so comfortable. Like if you haven't worn a pair of Crocs, I would just advise trying it with no judgments. Because it used to be like almost unfashionable mm. and it seems like Crocs have made a like a bit of a transformation where you're talking me through a particular type of Croc. It's mm. not just standard Croc anymore. This is no. – they've expanded. They have. They really have. And I do like the original Crocs, like just normal everyday ones, but these ones with the platform, uh, yeah, a whole okay. other level. So I can – I'm not sponsored. But what if, I would what like if to Croc be, released a football boot? Would you would you try and wear it to see what it was like? I don't think they'd do very well in the plastic football boot yeah. department. Well, I think they look great. So, great. Um, it's a good and start. It's all comfortable, right? Um, let's talk about comfortable because you are back home. We were saying before we pressed go on this podcast, it is comfortable for you returning home. Um, your third appearance at the club, which is which is great. I love um, I love the fact that. We, as Adelaide United, have provided um, a platform for players to return home whenever they feel necessary, just as supportive as the club are for people to go and experience um, life in a different way or different country. So, um, first of all, why are you back? Can you talk us through that? Yeah, well, I mean, it's just going off what you said, it's, it's as a player, it's all just depending on where you are in your life at a certain time. You know, some people have spent... You know, Emily Condon, 80-odd games here at Adelaide United, which is fantastic. Others feel like they need new challenges, different environments, fresher starts, something like that to, I don't know, I suppose take a new direction in their career or open a new pathway or say yes to another opportunity. And, you know, to be able to go out and do that, come back still with open arms, you know, is is wonderful. Um, and it's just all about the individual's career and what path they're on and, which kind of direction they feel necessary, which door that's opening feels right to go through at the time. Um, and so, yeah, I've been, I've gone, I've been, come back and left again and come back now. So um, it's nice to just, 
I suppose for yeah a third time just is nothing better than going home when you do reach out and you go overseas and you test the waters and you experience new things um, it is really refreshing to come home and you know just be in a comfortable environment and an environment you know really well um, which it doesn't seem like much if you're overseas and in an environment that you don't know but you know, it does affect you and it does affect you day in, day out when you need to be training and then, you know, if you're not training well, ultimately you're not playing. So there are tiny little things that can add up to a lot of just sort of off, out of pitch stress that um, is taken away, I think, when you come home and, and um, yeah, so that was sort of my... My thing, I wanted to just come back, come back to my roots. I wanted to play for Adelaide United again. I've always obviously held a special place in my heart for the club and, you know, growing up being a South Australian girl, it's um, it, it does hit different when you're sort of playing with Adelaide and you're also playing with other South Australian girls as well who are also very talented. So um, knew we would have a good team on deck and um, be very competitive and challenging this year and I want to put myself in the best A-League environment possible and I thought it was this and I, I think it is this one. Does it seem more attractive to come and play in Australia and play in the Liberty A-League women's competition as well because of, I guess, the timing of it right now, it's really good for players to um, familiarise themselves with some of the venues but also with Australia and ultimately you want to be playing consistent football if you want to get in front of the selectors when it comes to representing your country when the World Cup's here in 2023. Like The World Cup's here this year. Mm -hmm. So is that one of the draw cards as well of playing in Australia right now when um, all eyes of the world will be on this country and women's football really soon? Yeah, it definitely is. Um, And I think with the extended league this year and the extension of it the following season, um, it's becoming, you know, another strong place to be again. You don't have to go out um, in searching for more than 12 games in a season to go overseas. You don't have to go out of you know, your comfort zone if you don't want to, if you don't want that experience because you can stay and be playing regularly week in, week out. I think next season it's we're going to be playing games just as many as there are in Sweden and the US. Mm. So, um, yes, there are leagues that are stronger and, and, you know, that might be a draw card to some other people to go away and really, really challenge themselves. And But I do think with the extension of this league, we are able to attract more players. We have, like... Um, talented players to come in and say hey we can offer you longer contracts more games you know maybe it's becoming more attractive league again um, for people to come and play in Um, but yeah of course with the World Cup this year it's um, the hype is building and um, and it just felt just felt like the right move to come back and um, be back in Australia for this season. I feel like it's only going to do good things for the Liberty A-League women's competition as well having a World Cup here because um, I find that uh, a lot of players who play for Adelaide United and not necessarily just this club but all around Australia, um, they could they could choose to play football anywhere in the world but they choose to play in Australia, not just because the leagues are growing but also because of the, the lifestyle that presents itself here which um, exposing some of the best women's footballers in the world to Australia can only mean good things and strengthen the competition in the future. Absolutely. Um, obviously we've seen the hype around the Socceroos just in Qatar just gone and um, the potential is there for us to attract that many spectators, um, you know, in the stadiums and outside of the stadiums as well. It's a, it's a huge um, event, a once-in-a-lifetime event um, and really hoping... And I, I know that um, 
Football Australia will do a good job at promoting it because, yeah, we all know the the context of this event and how big it is. So um, I'm really just hoping that, yeah, it will be splashed everywhere for everyone to see. Um, people won't be able to forget about it. And, yeah, when we're bringing the best football players in the world here um, and, you know, being able to have some games here at Cooper Stadium as well. Um, it's just a great opportunity for people to come out and watch and we're a country that loves sport and getting around our national team so I can't see um, yeah, any less numbers out for the Women's World Cup games as there was the men. I think it's weird that you almost need to say that too. Like I've, I've went to the, um, the Men's World Cup over in Qatar, right, and there were packed out stadiums and stuff but I'm like I've got two daughters and I get, I get a bit frustrated when – um, we have to kind of justify that numbers might be less to the women's competition because in my mind, I'm like, well, no, we should have packed out stadiums. The Matildas have been um, pretty much a more successful side than the Socceroos over the past decade. Um, the, the talent is absolutely incredible and they've almost been the golden child of um, Australian sport. So there's no reason why people shouldn't continually turn out, not just to support the Matildas, but to support women's sport. I'm sure for yourself as someone who's you know in living this kind of life, um, as much as we are getting better as a society and slowly growing and still sometimes I'm sure it would probably make you go well no no we we deserve to have sold out stadiums and actually people coming to our games just as much as you know playing at bigger venues yeah oh absolutely and I've been around for 10 years now um which is a bit scary to say but I've seen the transformation from this league of you know, earning no money and having no CBA until up until what we have now. Um, the crowds from, you know, just our family and friends to more than that, people we don't know coming out and supporting, um, fans from all over coming out and supporting. Um, so the, the, the game has changed dramatically and although we still need to fight for more equality and, you know, we still need to raise the standards in some areas, um, we have come a long way um, and it is awesome to look back and just think how far we have come um but know that we are heading in the right direction you know not only here as a start but of course overseas in in other leagues as well making big moves and big money transfers and you know I don't know if I'll see the day in my career but hopefully maybe my kids if they want to play football they'll be in an environment that's you know think back to when I was playing and they'll probably laugh at me (laughs) what's it actually like playing for your country in your home city that's pretty surreal right like to you you got to do that at Cooper Stadium which um you know not many people get to play for their country but not many people also get to to play it in front of their their family and friends which I'm sure is something that you'll always look back on did you have time in the moment to have a look around and go this is actually happening it was pretty crazy actually I think the more like I didn't get to fully appreciate it because I was so, like, focused on performing and, you know, doing my job and um, that was my sole focus. And, of course, after the game it was a little bit more of a, like, looking around, like, wow, like, there's all my girls at my um, – I was playing at Fulham at the time. There's all my girls from the club. There's my family. There's, you know, some girls from work. Um, so it was it was pretty surreal, um, definitely, for sure. And uh, that and the other game, um, my debut game, I'll look back on and, you know, never forget um and one thing that I that I've loved that I've sort of taken into my later half of my career is like writing things down sort of in the moment and like if I had 
one of the girls in our team, Zoe, she just um, played her first game in Wellington for Adelaide United a couple of weeks ago and I played my 100th. Mm. And I just felt like it was a fitting moment to tell her that if I could go back to my first game or if I could be in 1918 again, I would write a lot of experiences down early on because I think back throughout all of the games in my career and you don't think in the time you're not going to remember them, but you don't actually yeah. yet remember them. You don't get to relive them. Um, and, yeah, one of the things I've done in the last few years is just like either just, you know, talking into my phone, a note, a video, a voice note, whatever, um, or writing it down, paper, paper, pen and paper, or writing it on my computer, just like feelings and every emotion, how things went. And then I've been able to look back on those things now and just think, oh, I forgot all about that. I forgot that this person was there. I forgot that, you know, um, I felt like this in that moment. And, mm. you know, it's a reminder and you can almost feel that again. So I've loved doing that over the last few years and wish I could sort of go back from the very beginning and, and take a note each game or, or something about what happened, what feeling I had, yeah. because it's awesome to look back on now as an sort of – Later in my career, can you stop calling yourself old, please? Far out. It's 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 offensive towards me. <laughs> it is. I'm getting on. We just have to admit that. But yeah, I just think if if I could, and I said that to her, I was like, if I was you, you know, I would go back and write all about this moment because, you know, even the bad things, even maybe how nervous you were before mm. you went on, or like you just got the call and then you had to put your shin pads on within a minute and you were on the field and you were looking around all, all dazed and didn't know what to do. Like even if it was that. It's such a cool thing to look back on. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I've, um, I've loved hearing a, a quote from one of my favourite coaches and, like, he's a, he's a basketball coach, a college basketball coach, but he said um, our, our focus should be to enjoy the moment with the people that we're in the moment with because everything we look back on is hindsight. We become like, – we're really reflective as a society and look back. But, um, like, sometimes – it takes you to actually stop and look around and go, I'm in this moment right now. And I'm, this isn't about me, but when I was working the World Cup, I went and did a wee and um, I walked out at the France-Australia game and I looked down onto the stadium and I looked around going, holy shit, like I'm in Qatar mm-hmm. watching Australia play France. This is something that I will never thought I'd do, probably will never do again. Like just take a moment and breathe because mm-hmm. life goes so quickly. So I think... That's really good advice for you to give. It's almost like talking, having a conversation with your younger self. Yeah, for sure. Nah, for sure. And and not only do I do that in football, I do that in life as well. Yeah. You know, just recently being in Denmark, like, I was like for us Australians, Europe is just kind of just this magical, not, maybe not everyone, but, no, but me, is, yeah. a magical, historical, old place where they have buildings that look nothing like ours, languages, yeah. food, like everything's different and no matter how many times I've been to Europe and either holidayed or played, I've always, you know, even just if I'm going out to the shops, I would do what you did in Qatar, just stand there, look around and just be like, geez, like so many people would kill to be here right yeah. now and I'm here, um, you know, making the most of it. So it's, it's weird when you go overseas sometimes because if you stop and look around, you go, there are people in the world that will never, ever leave the country let alone get to go and do something like this like they will never look through their own eyes and see 
a particular place, which is surreal. Like even in South Australia, it, it took me until last year to go to Kangaroo Island. Yeah. Like, that's that's yeah. pretty crazy. I wanted to quickly ask you about overseas because um, using an example of a former Adelaide United player in Awemba Bill. So he signs a five-year deal in the Liga and goes over to Cadiz and now he's yeah. he's been loaned out, um, you know, not even six months since um, he signed the, the contract. I think it's a really good example of not, everything is as it seems when you sign a big deal. Because for casual football observers, they would have seen the fact that he's gone over to play in the Liga. That's incredible. He's going to be playing against Barca and Real Madrid. I had a brief conversation with him and he said his his team didn't even have a translator and his coach didn't speak English. It's in a, a small city, which is as big as like Port Lincoln. Mm. Like it's, we don't see the reality of no. overseas football. Can you talk us through whether that's an accurate statement or not? Oh, 100% accurate. Um, I had my own experience in Spain and I can't go into too much detail about it, but it was terrible. The same kind of experience, you know, people bringing in, internationals knowing that they don't speak Spanish and not helping them in that way. Mm. You know, um, one of our players, Xiao, she's from China and she's the um, – we have a, another staff member here yep. uh, who's – Steve. Like, yes, yeah, Steve, that's yeah, him. Yeah. He's always out helping with translating yep. and, like, just helping settle in. And we had a, a bit of a team bonding night at um, – hers and Mushi's house um, earlier in the year and there was like other Chinese people from the community there helping her settle in. Fantastic. I love that for her and she has the opportunity to be able to feel welcome. And yeah. But like our and myself, my, my experience over in Spain, it's just you're left at hang out to dry. You're promised all these things. Yeah, there'll be a translator. Yeah, you'll get lessons, blah, blah, blah siesta like nothing is happening on this those people's times like it's all about them and you really don't feel like a valued part of that squad um or that environment and obviously i can't speak to everyone but i've had that experience he's had that experience yeah many heard of many other stories and the contract is just the first part isn't it really because then you especially like you call yourself old but you get you you're a young person that gets put into a position to be out of your comfort zone. It's not like you can take your friends and family with you. Like even um, Mohamed Toure was here for our game last weekend and I said, I watched him. I just watched him watch our boys warm up. Mm. And I said to him, you wish you were out here, don't you? And he said, yep. And that's purely because he's comfortable here, but also no matter what we think of how good it is to go and play in France, you can't replicate the comfort and that security and safety of playing at home and having the comfort of knowing that you're going to play football. And I could just see it in his... I could just read his body language going, there's so much we don't know about going overseas and playing football yeah. and there's so much negative. It is. And I don't want it to be a whole like negative story because I've had good and bad experiences. Yeah. However, you know... It's like, a reality. It is a reality. Um, but I just think that you, 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 you do yourself the justice of saying, right, I'm going to take this challenge... And some people, it's not for everyone, um, but if it is for you, then, like, awesome, walk through that door, take the opportunity. But, you know, when you do go over there, your fate, essentially, is in a coach's hands mm. who is... Because you're the foreigner you know, then, aren't you? You are the foreigner. Yeah. Aren't, like, this person can treat you like crap. They yeah. can treat you amazing. They can treat you however they want. Um, and, basically, like, your happiness or your fate is in their hands. They can... Like, I didn't even have a conversation with my coach ever. So mm. how am I supposed to play good? 
how am I supposed to train good if I don't know what to do, if you're not giving me the respect, like, to help me? Like, you, you bring me in from all the way from Australia um, and, you know, pay me money, set me up, have a visa, whatever, the club does all that, and you don't actually help me be the best that I can be. So, uh, like, then then we, in turn, your confidence diminishes, you're playing like shit, you're training... Oh, sorry. You can swear, that's fine, I don't care. Playing bad, um, and, you know, you're also surrounded by all these girls that you don't know, they might be nasty they might be mm. friendly like they might not even speak english which they didn't so it's isolating it's very very challenging um if you don't have the right setup um and that's why i'm really happy for Zhao here because i think she does have support yeah. around her to be able to be good now it's just up to her whereas yeah the european spanish french and italian experiences from what i've heard from um friends of mine is just being kind of the same old same old it's just you can never really be sure what you're going to get and that's the thing it could be roll of the dice amazing setup translator everything you need like awesome but i think it it's good the that the club end. like the adelaide united i feel um with the you, you talk of Jiao and then with the, the men's team that it, it fits perfectly that harvey's there with Juan Day who they connect with an Issa, there's a, an understanding and a support network already amongst mm. players. And Hiroshi Ibusuki is like fluent in Spanish. So mm. it's amazing okay. to see that. I wanted to ask you um, before we wrap this part of the podcast up, um, I feel, and I'm, I'm very much in the Adelaide United bubble here. I haven't stepped outside of the club, but this is your third time here at the club. I feel this is the most connected that we have been over the past two or three years with our men's and women's team. I feel last year was a really big year, especially um, with what we did with Pride, with, with Josh and Izzy leading that charge. But also, if I was going to speak to you, and I've said this before, so I'm not like being controversial. If I was going to speak to you on the podcast five or six years ago, you'd be sitting here potentially not in a polo shirt which had similar sponsors and a similar logo on it. Um, I'd probably have to go somewhere else because you'd be working and I'd need to chat to you after work. Um, it For me, there's a real authenticity about the connection between the men and the women. We've had open training sessions together. There's um, matches at Cooper Stadium. I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm saying we still have a lot of work to do. But have you noticed the differences since coming back about the journey that we have taken and the importance of having both our men and women's side being together? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've also watched from afar last year and, and seen the cohesion between the two. Um, and it is great and it is going in the right direction. And, and from my last experience here in 2018, just our program alone has um, dramatically um, improved, which is exactly what we need and where we need to be. Um, you know, the amount of resources that are now going into it and, um, you know, although it's out of Jeps Cross and it's a bit of a drive for me, not so much of a drive other people but you know it is what it is but it's a good facility out there it's brand new um we know we have our own change rooms everything like that which is what we've sort of been needing for many years now um so yeah noticing a lot of changes for the better um and like you said we do still have a little way to go you know we'd like more than two games at Cooper Stadium mm. um, a season. And, you know, we lost one of them because we had to get a match rescheduled. But, yeah. you know, we would love to be playing there like every second week or, um, you know, just a little bit more as well. And then, you know, it w- we can play doubleheaders with the men too. Like um, we just went on a trip to Wellington with them and um, they're like, you know, it's easy going. It's just happy to have a chat and we're all playing for the same club, doing the same job. So, um 
it's nice, yeah, just seeing like the cohesion from last year and flowing through this year and, and yeah, how the program's definitely improved since I've last been here. Awesome. I love speaking to you, Jenna. I reckon I could speak to you for hours because you are so level-headed. Um, uh, a friend of mine who really focuses on like mental well-being said the other day, one of the focuses of footballers is to make sure and they continually are working with them is to make sure that you don't get too high, you don't get too low, and you actually stick in the middle. And I think your experience, not just on the pitch but off the pitch, is just paramount for the young women playing for the club. So hopefully you can finish your career here with us with a couple of championships as well. So um, welcome home. Thank you very much for the chat. We're going to go to another um, little short episode and give a match preview as well. But thank you for being so um, honest with us on the pitch. No, thank you for having me. It was good fun.